Polygon Show. I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank. Hello, Simone. Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Ashley O. Hello, Simone. Yes. As you know, it is backlog week here at Polygon. Everyone is talking about their hundreds of game-long lists of games that they've meant to play for maybe years and years but haven't gotten to. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we also have several special guests who are going to, who have left voicemails for us that you'll be hearing throughout the show. And these include people like Sam Barlow, who made her story, uh, Carrie Peach, who does the Adventure Zone comic, uh, Michelle Zahner, a.k.a. Japanese Breakfast, a.k.a. Allegra's <laughs> favorite person in the world. She, she doesn't mind. Her and names. yours. And me. Both of your favorite people in the world. Uh-huh. I'm so excited to hear those. And uh, our very first segment is actually going to be a live call from none other than the Overwatch team's Jeff Kaplan. <laughs> uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm Jeff, Jeff Kaplan from the Overwatch team. I'm the game director on Overwatch, and I've been at Blizzard for 16 years now. Awesome. Um, Jeff, can you uh, tell me about the game that you're most ashamed for never having played? For never having played? Yeah. um, Because I'm ashamed. There's a lot of games I'm ashamed of. Um, A lot of them I've played (laughs) for very... (laughs) I know. Uh, there's a lot of games that I've played for a very short period of time. I would say Final Fantasy VII, um, but this is an even more embarrassing answer. I've never played any Final Fantasy game, ever. Like, none of them. Um, And I I remember nerding out so hard. The reason I picked VII was they had that beautiful commercial, and I believe VII was a PlayStation exclusive, and I didn't own a PlayStation, and I remember, like, you want to talk about coveting and just wishing, you know, like, I wish I had what my neighbor had. I wish I had a PlayStation so I could play Final Fantasy VII. And I've never, ever played a Final Fantasy game. And I think the art is gorgeous and the story seems compelling, and I, I've never played any of them. Is it almost too too precious for you to touch at this point? Like, could they live up to the the expectation that you've had for all these years of not touching them? No, you're absolutely right. Like, like our imaginations are so much more powerful than reality. And I kind of like just keeping it that super, especially older games never hold up. Like, like video games aren't like novels and movies and music where they just get better as time goes on. Like, let's face it, video games get kind of crappy as time (laughs) goes on. So I really just want to hold on to like, basically it's that 30 second commercial where I, where I was just like, oh my God, that is the most compelling universe ever created, and I missed it, and but I'm okay with it. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I think <laughs> you summarized this perfectly. So yeah, we're doing a whole like week dedicated to games that like either we're revisiting now that we've never played at Polygon or like things like this. Like what you said, it's like a game maybe too old to go back to. Yes, I had one experience. I had one really positive experience uh, going back. And um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. I just realized I had this moment of I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I, I never owned a Super Nintendo. So I only had enough money. I remember I had, like, saved up my own money, and I could either buy a Genesis or a Super Nintendo. 
And a lot of people would say I made the, the mistake of missing the SNES period, even though I absolutely loved all of the Genesis era games. I had a good time. But it meant that I missed a lot of games. So when I got my first Android phone, I remember browsing around the Play Store, and there were all of these, like, super NES emulators. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to get in trouble. And, like, the kid of me from the past is like, finally, I can have my Super Nintendo. And I got one of those emulators, and I played uh, Zelda Link to the Past. Oh, my time. God. Wow. And it was... I've never like I've, I've never really been into mobile games, just period. I, I can't get into playing games on my phone. I would go home every night from work and like couldn't wait to get to the couch, and I just sat there as if I was holding a console controller, <laughs> playing Link to the Past. And I, I kid you not, it was literally a magical experience. How amazing that was, and it totally held up. That's the only time I've ever gone back and like played a game from the past and had it uh, be like an amazingly fun experience. That's amazing. Also, you made the right choice with Genesis. I'm going to back you up. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> controversial. I, Very look, controversial. No, I, well, I was, the, I was the same way. I also only had a Genesis. So I just want to have some solidarity there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> it was a great system, and the games were super good. And um, it's so weird because a lot of my friends get hostile at me. Like, why Genesis and not? And I'm like, well, I would have liked Super Nintendo, too. Like, do we have to? Does one have to win? Can we have both and have them both be awesome? But mm-hmm. it's just dreaming, I think. Wish, wishful thinking. I think at the time, also, people didn't know that Genesis would kind of fall behind a little. So I feel like that was still kind of the mm-hmm. cool console to get. There was there was something else I think going on like people like me grew up with NES and uh, I remember thinking Genesis was like a little bit edgier and like now I'm in my teens so it's like mm-hmm. maybe I should be playing Genesis instead of Super <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> which it's so dumb when you think back on it like especially now as like a 45 year old grown man I like worship Nintendo and like I was just in New York last weekend and my must stop is the Nintendo store every time I'm there and to think that like at some point in my life I had to be cooler and older by having a Genesis instead of an SNES is a little ridiculous. So now that there's like the SNES classic did you freak out over that because now you can like finally play SNES games not on your phone. Yeah, well, that that was super awesome, um, and I'm I'm actually really excited. A friend of mine gave me the SNES. Like, he just came to visit one day at the studio. And he's like, I got something for you, um, and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool! You didn't have to bring me something. It was SNES. I'm like, Wow, you're way more of an awesome friend than I ever imagined. <laughs> friend suddenly upgraded to best friend. I was on the fence yeah. about you. Now you're okay. Um, do you do you get a lot of time to play games that aren't things that you're working on now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I work a lot. I usually work 10, 11-hour days, and in those days, I probably play at least, I would say, one to three hours of Overwatch. It, it sort of depends on what we're doing. Um, and then if, if I have a lot of lunch obligations, but when the, the, those get canceled, I play games at lunch. So, like, I was just playing Hearthstone. Hearthstone's a good, like, one-handed sandwich in one hand, you know, <laughs> mouth, mouth in the other type, type of, uh, of experience. But 
I'm obsessed with playing games. Like I go home, my wife and I eat dinner, and she's a gamer too. And we're pretty much play games all night. Like I play games until bed. And then it's not uncommon, and um, I sh- I should be embarrassed to say this, but I'm not. It's not uncommon for us to just like have crazy binge weekends. Like I think I'll play 12 hours of Rust this Saturday, and then <laughs> I-, I will totally consume myself with whatever game that that we're playing at the time. Mm-hmm. Does that feel like a fun thing for you, especially because you're like immersed in games all day long? Because I know for like Chelsea and I, we're both writers. So when I go home, I literally am like, I hate words, do not want to look at words. I don't want to think about games, but you're just gaming all day. I love it. Like it's, it's the way I describe it is that I am lucky enough to do my hobby for a living, like to get paid for it. Um, and I've said this before, and it sounds like BS, but I really mean it genuinely. I would do this job if nobody paid me. Like it's, (laughs) I just love making games. I love playing games. I want to be absolutely surrounded. I I am weirdly proud that my life is now defined by video games. Um, And I'm so excited to be part of all of it. Um, Especially like the, the time that I was born, you know, I was born in 1972 and I kind of grew up through that whole 80s like stand-up coin-op machine phase and Mm. the rise of the consoles and like I feel like it's been this defining thing in my life like the rise of an art form Um, and I'm so lucky to be a part of it that it's just so much fun and um, it's easy for me to switch off my game developer hat and just go into player mode. Like I'm just like any other player where I can very easily turn off um, any sort of analytical and critical thinking about what it takes to make a game and just go like, why didn't they think of this? And I'm gonna go to the forums and you know, like, <laughs> I have so much fun doing that. Like it's a blast. I'm- I feel like this is a whole other conversation, but I would love to talk to you someday about how, if whether that's a learned skill for you or it, like, if did it take time for you to turn that off? But uh, Chelsea, how much more time do we have? Right uh, here? I mean, I think we're doing we're doing okay. We could probably get that one question in, yeah, and then we'll let you hop off, Jeff. Okay, all good. It's fun talking to you guys. Yeah, we, we I'm w- really glad that Blizzard pays you instead of <laughs> I letting you work too. for me. I was like, yo, don't let them hear that. <laughs> we must protect Jeff Kaplan. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time. It's really, it's always really fun to talk to you, and and we're excited that you're going to be on our show. This is actually our first call and guest segment, so we're pretty pumped. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I Like, now I feel honored. I'm, like, in the first calling guest. <laughs> now <session>. you feel <laughs> honored. <laughs> like, whatever. He's wasting my lunch. I could be playing Hearthstone right now. He could. <laughs> Maybe he is. That's why he's on speakerphone. <laughs> you are playing Hearthstone, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not. I promise. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. No, no, Jeff, yeah. Thank you. Um, And, and. Congrats again on last weekend on the Overwatch League. It was awesome. Yes. Ashley and I were both. Oh there. my god, it was amazing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think <laughs> our section our section started your name chant that lasted for several <laughs> seconds. Yeah, that was that was super embarrassing. <laughs> to, to and, and I think that the reason that that uh, always is uncomfortable for me is, you know, Overwatch is the the work of 
many, many people. Like it's, it's absolutely a collective effort. And I'm not saying this out of an attempt at humility um, because I'm not that humble of a person, but like <laughs> Overwatch is honestly a game that was made equally by, you know, we, we launched with 70 of us and now there's 120 of us. And my contribution is no bigger or smaller than anybody else on the team. So when I hear people like chanting like that, um, I kind of have to redirect it and go like they're chanting for Blizzard and the Overwatch team. They don't understand that like there's lots of people like me um, making it happen. Um, but yeah, it was kind of it, it's a surreal experience when something like that I'm happens. I'm sure it is. Sure. Well, you're sort yeah. of the tracer of the Overwatch team, and that you are <laughs> the mascot, <laughs> which may not be the role that you wanted, unfortunately. <laughs> Poor tracer. Tracer's a lot cooler than I am, though. That's the problem. Uh, like she's a lot more interesting, I think. Well, next time I'll bring the full credits of everyone who works on Overwatch, and we'll just start re yelling through mm -hmm. that whole list. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well we will not take up any more of your time thank you for uh doing this dustin thank you for making it happen really appreciate this absolutely thank you guys for your time and i uh, can't wait to hear the first episode of the call and guest segment yeah Ooh. yay thanks guys thank you guys thank thank you. You. all right have a good afternoon yeah you, you too. too have a good day thanks. take care bye bye ashley how did it feel talking to jeff kaplan it was very surreal. It was so strange to hear his voice respond to things that we are saying. He's a, a living human being. He's not just the man in the YouTube videos wearing the diva <laughs> hockey jersey. I did love when he introduced himself as Jeff from the Overwatch team. Oh my god, it was amazing! It yeah. was like hearing, you know, like your favorite character say their line. Like when the no, Overwatch actors no. come to the Overwatch League stadium. Like the Fares voice actress over... Over the weekend, she said her famous justice reigns from above, and this is the same thing. Everyone goes down a line, like, can you please just say, like, your famous line? And she says, justice reigns from above. And Jeff's just like, I am Jeff from the Yeah, <laughs> your famous line. That's, he, he just said he wasn't, like, a character. He wasn't He's just not. the face of Overwatch, man. Tracer. Do you want to hear some emails? Yes. All right, this first email is from Evan. Greetings, Polly Crew. At the beginning of this year, I made a decision to work on my backlog. I've always been a fan. Eh, I've always been a victim of choice paralysis, and with around 370 unplayed games in my Steam library, it was just too much. So my solution was to take the decision out of my hands. I wrote a program that randomly grabs an unplayed game from my library to keep myself account and to keep myself accountable. I started a Twitch show I call my Steam Shame. Twice a week, I pick a random game and stream it for two hours. The games that I like, I keep playing on my own. The ones that I don't, I uninstall immediately afterwards. This has been a ton of fun. I get to play all those great games I've been meaning to get to and discover hidden gems that I never even knew I owned. Of course, there are quite a few games that aren't very good, but they can still be enjoyable to snark on. It's now been about seven months, and I'm down to 318 unplayed games. Oh. Only three or four more years to go until I clear it out. Much love to all you wonderful Polygon folks. Evan, jonesing for toast on Twitch. Oh my god. 370. Wow. Like down to 318. That's still a lot. That's a lot of progress. Like I don't think I'm I've... kind of thankful I don't really have Steam because this <laughs> yeah. exact thing would happen to me. Yeah. But also that is really cool that you wrote your own uh program. Mhm. Mm 
I think that that's, that's probably like that random generation might be the best way to get rid of a backlog mm-hmm. because every time when if it comes down to choice if you're not enforcing like okay I have to do something new I think it'd be easy just to look at the list and be like I don't even know where to start I'm just gonna go back to playing Stardew Valley yeah yeah that reminds me like back when I had an iPod RIP like I would download a bunch of albums at the same time Mm -hmm. and oftentimes I would like immediately be overwhelmed by that because there's so many so Mm -hmm. I would either like start listening to the same albums over and over or I would only choose one and then never listen to the rest so I eventually started to put them all on a playlist and just hit shuffle and I wouldn't let myself leave that playlist until I had listened to everything oh my god how long was the playlist so I would have like different ones for every like month or something so it always be like I don't know 100 songs or something Uh, Um, so this reminds me of that because I always felt like that was the best way to actually listen to all the things I was downloading Mm. like sometimes you just have to press shuffle and like force yourself to stick with it which is what they're doing Steam should have a shuffle feature yeah Yeah. oh my gosh I mean all your consoles should because PS4 now with PlayStation Plus like Mm -hmm. there's so you could have 550 games. That would be really cool if it went through your installed games and just pulled one up for you. Yeah. That would be so great. I feel like I haven't looked at my Steam backlog since I started since I stopped participating in Steam sales, which has been a few years. Like I don't even I don't even consider playing those games now, which is kind of sad. Mm. But there you go. Hello, my name is Abby Russell and I work for GiantBomb.com. A game that I have wanted to play for a very long time, it is a game I currently own, it is a game I have started a couple of times before, is Until Dawn. Um, I really love horror movies, I really love horror games, but I'm just too much of a chicken shit to finish it on my own. Um, To be honest, it seems like the best, like it seems like a really good game for playing with other people. And I don't usually have people over that often to play games. Usually if they're coming over, just going to hang out or something. Um, but I would really love to finish that game. I've played parts of it. Like I said, I've started a number of times, but I, I want to play that game. It's right in my alley and I'm just too much of a wimp. Ah, I'm a wimp. That's not even a game that would necessarily, I'm sure it would still be fun to watch someone play, but I feel like I want to make all the choices. You know what I mean? Also, I'd still probably flinch at the jump scares if I watched someone else do it. Anyway, maybe one day I'll I'll grow a pair and play the game. But until then, until dawn is my it's my game to play that I will likely never, ever, ever, ever finish. Hi, everyone. My name is William Pugh. I'm the founder and director of Crows, 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 a small independent video games company that has produced such things as Dr. Langerskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, the Whirlwind Heist, Eat, Temple of No, fucking Accounting Plus, sorry if I can't swear. And I also, as a bonus, designed a 2013 game, The Stanley Parable. So we've all got it going on. I've only got a minute. Let's get down to the fucking stuff. Sorry if I can't swear. And the game that I have not played is Call of Duty. That's right. You asked for one game that I've not played. Uh, to talk about a whole series in this place. Uh-huh. All right. Reasons I've not played them. Uh, I hate grenades. I know grenades are everywhere in there. I've got a big phobia. Don't want to get fucking blown up. Sorry if I can't swear. And freaked out. So uh, I don't play it. Also, I hate guns. Also, I hate the troops. That's right. I hate the troops. Don't tell anybody, but I hate them. I hate them so much. I hate the, your troops. I hate my troops. I hate everybody's troops. I hate fantasy troops. I hate realistic troops. I hate space troops. Buy my games. 
Hello, I'm Toby Jones, co-executive producer of OKKO on Cartoon Network. Um, My embarrassing backlog game is The Last Guardian. I purchased a PS3 for this game in like 2009. And it just, I just, I bought it when it came out finally, but I just kind of resent it. I just look at it with this disdain and frustration. I think that I am not playing it. Maybe subconsciously I'm trying to punish the game for taking so long to come out. And I'm like withholding my playing of it in hopes that it will feel bad for making me wait for so long. Um, I'll let you know how that goes. And, uh, and yeah, Last Guardian. Hello, Polygon Show. I am 29 years old, and I've been playing games for almost as long as I can remember. Yet, I have never played anything in the Metal Gear series, (gasps) which is considered a must-play to a lot of people. Many of my friends love the series, and I want to experience this love, but as an outsider, the whole thing just seems like a convoluted mess that I have no idea how to approach. Do I start at the beginning of the series and deal with gameplay that probably hasn't aged well? Or do I find a more recent jumping point, ignoring decades of story? This is from Aldo, and uh, there are more questions from Aldo also, but I I want to address this one first, because I feel like one Allegra Frank <laughs> may have some feelings on it. So I didn't start playing Metal Gear until I started working at Polygon when editor-in-chief of Polygon.com, Chris Grant, lent me Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes for GameCube, which I'd always been interested in, but I felt the same as you, Aldo, in that there was just a lot of it, and everyone said the story was so bonkers, and like it becomes really hard to follow, and they all get longer and longer. But I was very determined to, like, okay, I know these are great, I just need to start with something. And I was advised to just, like, stick with the Metal Gear Solid timeline so yeah there's metal gear there's all those other things but also metal gear solid operates as sort of a a reboot remake of some of the older games so it has a similar story um and the games aren't really necessarily in there's like some chronological order there but you kind of you just play them through one through five and eventually things are filled in um, so it's actually not as convoluted as one would think. Yeah, there's a lot of parts to it, but if you just play it like Metal Gear Solid 1 to you know Metal Gear Solid 5, you'll pretty much have the understanding of everything. Um, but that's, um, so I run into the same problem as him, which is why I still have not started the series yet. Mm-hmm. But I think like even five games alone is still a very daunting task, even if you're tackling one franchise. So would you say that you, you know, like you strongly recommend that you go through all five of them anyway, or are there kind of like choice ones you can sort of pick out among those five that you would, for like an express experience? (laughs) So I always think of, so originally Hideo Kojima wanted to end the series after three, but Konami is like a dog. This makes a ton You're of money. money man. You, you can't stop until we want to fire you without any reason. Um, hmm. so, so one through three, I would say you have to play. But you don't have to play one, do you? Oh yeah, Metal Gear Solid one, not oh. Metal Gear one. Metal Gear Solid one. And you played it. Metal Gear Solid: Twin Snakes. That's a re- remake of one. Oh <laughs> my god! This is like another Yakuza situation no! where the Yakuza remakes okay. are the different names. For Ashley, Chelsea, Simone, and Aldo, here's what you're gonna do. And Aldo. And Aldo. <laughs> Aldo's the most important person. Yeah, they well, obviously. <laughs> so you start with Metal Gear Solid, or if you have a GameCube or a Wii, you start with Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. They are the same, except Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes just Wait, has new question. graphics and stuff. But what's the word? Oh, Wait. 
Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, are all the same Not game. Metal Gear. Not Metal Gear. We no. don't play Metal Gear. You don't need to play Metal Gear. And we Just ignore play Metal Solid. Gear 2, Solid Snake. We yes, skip to but, Metal Gear Solid. But Metal Gear Solid is the PlayStation game, right? Yes. Okay, good. So you can play that on PS3 or 4, I guess, actually. Maybe? I think only three. Three. You can play I, three. I did some research. and that's, There you go. That's why I chose Yakuza over this one. I, was like, <laughs> I don't want to go back and dust off my PS3. Ugh, I know. Um, uh, there's no really easy way to play it on PS4. But you start with Metal Gear Solid. I mean, Either maybe, PlayStation 1 or GameCube. Chelsea. I've never tried the PlayStation Now service, but it's probably on there. Might be. Yeah. Um, and then you go to Metal Gear Solid 2. Greatest game ever made, as you know. Uh, which is a sort of direct sequel to Metal Gear Solid. And then you go to Metal Gear Solid 3, which is a prequel to both of them um, that then fills in some gaps that you had from 1 and 2. But 1 and 2 are sequential. And then you go back in time to 3, and then it has a very satisfying ending. I'm almost done, you guys. And I, I've heard it has a satisfying ending. And then you can basically stop. But there is Metal Gear Solid 4, which has like another ending later on for Snake, if you so choose to play it. I don't necessarily consider it required. A lot of people have told me, Allegra, please correct me if I'm wrong. Is that I could just go straight to five? I think that's straight from true. three to five. No, just start with five. So, in terms of the chronology, five is the first. What? Or sorry, three is the first, followed by five, because five takes place in the eighties. So, five technically has the best gameplay. I don't really think so, and also it's more of an open world game, which I'm not into. So, I would say you should not do that. But if you only want to care about the gameplay and not the story, you could just do five. Aldo, I hope that you're not as scared as I am. <laughs> My right answer now. to you, Aldo, is one, two, three, yeah, stop. Your answer is the last 10 minutes of the show. Uh, <laughs> all right, Aldo has another question. Is there a series you feel everyone but you has played or watched? And if so, are you doing something to fill that gap? Or do you simply accept that there's just a major piece of pop culture that you'll never be familiar with? I have something in common with Jeff Kaplan. I've also never played a Final Fantasy game. Mm. And I didn't want to tell Ashley before because... Wow, Jeff Kaplan has made it safe for you to, to speak your truth. I had to speak my truth now. And also 15 came out and I played three hours of 15 at a PAX once. And oh. No. Two? It does not count. Don't Chelsea. even... I, I'm going to get so much hate mail but just don't even... Uh, start with it's fine. Yeah. I've heard 15 is good, but I want to play eight based on Ashley's recommendations. There you oh, go. I don't know because mechanically it can be very bad, but it's very good. <laughs> I really like it. I mean, a seven, but the graphics in eight, I mean, whew, that's some rough shit, you yeah. know. With seven, you can sort of like accept because they're these blocky polygonal, you know people running around but then eight is just like this glitched up sometimes mess <laughs> no. and you can't really tell their faces but don't think about that the music is fantastic the world rendering is fantastic uh i don't think it's honestly a thing to be ashamed of because that is yet another huge franchise and it is pretty daunting once you've like I given do, it some time i do have the one that they ported to ds that was what is final fantasy 4 I thought it was six. three slash five, six. Three yes. slash six. No, they didn't three do slash six. six. That's the one. They have Final Fantasy three and Final Fantasy four. And I've played Chrono Trigger all the way to the end and beat Ooh. it. So it's not like I hate the system. <laughs> I, I like True, it. True, though it is 
it is different though mm-hmm. than your classic ATB. Anyway, but that's yes. that's surprising. I know it's surprising. It's my deepest shame. It's I don't think you should be ashamed. I have so much, I think, not just with games, but with TV shows and movies. Like I think I only saw I finally got around to seeing Pulp Fiction like two years ago. <gasps> I've never seen it. Oh my god, yeah. what? I thought you were gonna chastise no. me about it. Um <laughs> the movie is. that's actually exactly uh Aldo mentions in this email that they started watching the original Sailor Moon series <gasps> after years and years. <gasps> And loves it. Yay. And also started listening to the Polygon show and is now on episode 16. Aww. And is waiting for new episodes as well. So thank you so much, Aldo. Thank you, Aldo. Assume another voicemail will go there. <laughs> Hello, Polygon squad. This is a mes- message from Drew. So I have been collecting games for about 10 years now, which is a And most of the time when I bought a game, I would tell myself that I would eventually play it. So my backlog is a bit gigantic. I've thought about getting into live streaming as a way to work through it, but I'm kind of scared to start. Should I try to get through the backlog or just enjoy my collection on the shelf? Thank you. Drew. I have a comment about this. Which is, I, what's, the, what's the difference between the backlog and the collection on the shelf? Yeah. What's on the shelf, Drew? I guess it, Are there more games on the shelf? I guess Drew means basically like, oh, the, I just like, like them as trophies and things I oh, will never the, like, actually oh. interact with. I mm-hmm. see. Uh, I will say I do like the idea of streaming, and I hadn't really thought about that until um, Evan's email from earlier, but I feel like that... As long as you're, I mean, if you're treating it as a fun thing, that could be a great way to hold yourself accountable and, like, build up a community around just trying to fight through all these games that you've collected. I, I get, But the collection thing, I guess, depends on how comfortable we feel unwrapping that plastic, Drew. Mm. What about yeah. you guys? Do you have, do you have, do you collect physical games? Um, I used to, but yeah. not anymore. Oh, man. So a friend of mine is moving to Hong Kong, and he posted on Facebook. He's like, I'm giving away all these things. I'm giving away my NES, my SNES, my Wii, my Wii U. And I, like, text him immediately. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, he's like, well, if I'm not going to enjoy them and they're being storage for two years, someone should play them. I'm like, no. What? You'll, you'll never be able to buy them again. No, but that's such a wonderful yeah, sentiment. I like that. I don't like Can sentiments. Can he sell me his Wii U and we Yeah, since... tell us more about this. I think this was a couple weeks ago. So Chelsea! Chelsea got the I'll never, never play Super Mario Galaxy. I can loan you that. I don't have a Wii. She doesn't have a Wii. You think I have a Wii? I'm sorry. But I had a Wii. Stop. I, like I would have played it for you. I like that you guys are both disagree with my sentiment. I was just like, you're going to get rid of all your N64 and all your games, and you'll those are going to be so hard to replace Just, later. Just think of Toy Story. You know, would they rather yes. be in the box or would they rather be enjoyed game by cartridges? Yeah. I'm not personifying the game cartridges. That is too much for me. It's going to make me have too many feelings I don't want to deal with. We will happily personify the game cartridges that hopefully have all found new homes right now where they're beloved. They definitely did. It's Those really very fast. It's really interesting because with a lot of other stuff like um like toys, right? Like to the Toy Story example. Yeah. I would obsessively hold on to it. Like, you going to tell us a Toy Story right now? I'm <laughs> telling you my Toy Story, my personal Toy Story. Thank you. Um like 
even when I grew up and didn't really play with like, you know, toys I had when I was four, I was like, I am never giving these away. And I still feel that way because my mom is like selling our house. And I'm like, where are my toys? Where are my toys? <laughs> Every time I go home, she's like, I don't know. They've been packed up for 12 years. Um, so but versus for games, I think because trading games in is such a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, for me, I don't know if this was true for you guys, too. But like if you wanted a new game, you would probably have to trade in a couple to get that game first. Mm -hmm. Like it was easier for me to, you know, have my parents take me to GameStop than it was to get them to buy me a new game. So I'm just used to the idea of getting rid of games and systems. So even though I love collecting things and I love the games I do have, physical games, it's like, well, I I don't know, these also are worth something and I can just give them back to the store and get something else I'm actually gonna play. Yeah, also space isn't a premium in New York. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I don't buy physical games anymore ever since I moved to New York just because of like the moving issue and the space issue for sure. I think I still have a collection in my TV cabinet, which like I also like enjoy having and looking at. But, you know, I realize that, yes, I too just it's like besides <laughs> just looking at them. Right. I mean, sometimes I'll play with them and it does feel nice to just like open up a case and like take a disc out. It's the same thing with like the Kindle thing, right? Of like, it depends. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know what, though? I have actually so I I usually hate throwing stuff away, but I'm trying to get used to it. And I I do find some satisfaction, some great satisfaction in it now. And I've had some books on my Kindle that I just I know I'm never going to read them or I read them and I hated them. And I finally the other day just lost my temper and I went in and I permanently deleted digital books that I had paid money for from my Kindle. I can never re-download them again, but I don't care. I don't want them back. Can you not resell? This is a stupid question, but you can't sell digital copies? Like, if you just have them, are they just yours forever? You can't ever Some Kindle books you can lend out, but um, I I don't believe that they have a system to although it seems like Amazon would be able to do that if like they had the proper DRM in place it seems like you should be able to sell a digital copy of something but I don't think they want to do that I think Amazon wants to make all the money it can Mm -hmm. off of digital uh, books because they're an evil company that sucks I agree (laughs) this episode is brought to you from Amazon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, right. Hey, this is Michelle from Japanese Breakfast. And the game I'm most embarrassed to have not given a proper playthrough is Chrono Trigger. I eventually got Chrono Trigger for the 3DS, though I never finished playing it. But it was kind of strange that I didn't play it to begin with in my childhood when I had a Super Nintendo because I was a huge SNES kid particularly um, the Super Nintendo RPGs. And it's no secret that Secret of Mana was my favorite RPG growing up. And every time I would mention that, people would really recommend Chrono Trigger. And I actually was a really big Chrono Cross fan, which is kind of like a very loose uh, sequel to that game on PlayStation. But yeah, I never gave Chrono Trigger a proper playthrough and I'm I'm a little embarrassed about that because I hear it's a fantastic game. 
Hi, I'm Carrie Peach. I'm a cartoonist. I'm the co-adapter and artist on the Adventure Zone graphic novel, and I have a huge dragon's horde of unplayed games. Most of them are like Steam Sale and Humble Bundle deals I've totally forgotten about at this point, but the one I think about the most frequently is Stardew Valley. Um, I loved Harvest Moon and Terraria and Fantasy Life and Animal Crossing, and it's been highly recommended by all my friends as this bright healing thing you can just step into. So it is so exactly up my alley that I've just been saving it for a rainy day since the day it came out. I don't know, it's uh, it's nice to know it's there for me, but I also think I've kind of built it up in my mind into this untouchable fantasy of a fantasy farm where I can just chill and be. It's oddly soothing to know if I hit a real low, it's there for me to fall into. Also, I have trouble putting games down once I start them and it's out for Switch, so the second I actually start playing it, I know my human life as I know it is basically over for like a year. So if I ever vanish, you can probably find me in my convalescent sickbed of Stardew Valley. Hello, this is Mike Bithell, and my uh, backlog shame pile is, well, it's basically one game. It's Assassin's Creed Rogue. I've had it there for... Well, two console generations. Um, I bought it, the, the previous version, and I just bought the PS4 version in the hope that this might be this might be the time I finally kind of help out the Templars and have a go. This is a story. Our next email is a story from Mary. Hello, friends. I was excited to hear you talking about backlogs because recently my very good friend and I decided to start playing and streaming Knights of the Old Republic. While Kodor is one of the one of their favorite games, I have never played it. As a massive Star Wars fan, I've been told many times that I needed to. We've streamed twice so far, with so much more to go, but it has been so fun combining my new experience with my friends' cherished memories. Especially when I got very excited to get my own droid. I love droids. <laughs> Only to have that droid blow up once I left the room. Oh, no. What? My friend and another friend watching the stream didn't let me in on that little tidbit, and now there's a very funny clip of me watching my new best droid friend die as I watch helplessly. Oh, Mary. Poor Mary. That was a, that's a very good what moment happened? in the game. Why, did, why does... That's a story moment in the game. It's really funny. Oh, oh no. It's funny? Wait, I, well, I, I now. thought that like someone destroyed her personal no, droid no, no, no. that she got. Oh, yeah, like, that's what I thought. It's a story moment. I haven't played Knights of the Old Republic in like over 10 years though, so I don't remember all the beats to that, but, but yeah, you're... you're. And it's oh, funny. No. It explodes? Well, it's it's funny now because it's like a shocking thing. You like get a crappy droid and it's supposed to help you and it doesn't it doesn't help you. No! <laughs> Don't worry, there's more droids coming. Don't Even worry. more than game cases or books, I personify the shit out of robots. robots so I can so I cannot play that game. Also, I sobbed during Near Automata, but I can never play Knights of the Old Republic. Now that I know that a droid dies. But you then you get to romance random Star Wars people. That's like the the start. What about my buddy? There's a new buddy. Oh! <gasps> You can't replace you want to just a buddy, replace Chelsea's friend. Yeah, you, or is that what you're going to say to me when when Crunchyrub dies? Oh, I just got a new cat. Are you, you going to say a that cat? about Ashley, Chelsea? No. Going to say that about her, Chelsea? I can't believe you said that about Ashley. <laughs> That's right. I said just get a new Ashley. That's true. It's, it'll probably be better. No, I would never say that about your cat. Yeah. Your cat, you maybe, yeah, maybe you, but not your precious. Boy. I was going to say dot 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 or you, but you know what? I'm not allowed to finish my sentence. 
Uh, my my Knights of the Old Republic story, which I have also never played this game, and I really, really, really want to. But also, uh, my best friend, who is a baby who was born in the same year as Allegra Frank, has Ooh. always told me that it's too ugly for him to play oh, because he's a graphics snob. It doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look that bad. It's pretty ugly. I, and it's been remastered. Actually, this game is in my pile of shame because I got to the second to last boss and because I'd been so into being light side and being a good Jedi, oh. I was very underpowered and <gasps> could not beat the second to last boss. His name was Darth Bandon, which is a <laughs> Very bad name. <laughs> Darth Bandon. Bandon. Darth Bandon. Bandon. Question, actually. You've raised an interesting point. If you have played a game up to the point where you are at the second to last boss, is it still in your backlog? Oh, my God. Okay, yes. I, I think about this all the time because I, like, never finish my games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I don't think so because if literally just one fight is between you and the end of the game, I feel like... You have experienced but the game. If, okay, but what if there's a big story beat after that fight? So the, I use an example with um, Parasite Eve, right? Um, I actually got up to, there are like many forms of the boss, but the very, very last one, um, I had like some issue with my weapons or whatever, and I just could not for the life of me get past it. So all I did, honestly, was I just went on YouTube, and I hate looking at endings, but this was like a, dude, I know I'm going to slave over this for like several more hours. I don't think it's worth it. I just, I feel like I played literally 99% of the game. <laughs> yeah. I think it's okay to, if you want, to just look at the ending if you're like, this is just not going to happen. It's not yeah. worth it. Actually, that happened to me in the first Arkham game, Arkham oh. Asylum, because mm-hmm. the final there's a final fight with a mutated Joker, and it was just awful, an Ooh. awful fight. And I was like, I think I've had enough. Mm-hmm. And someone actually, when I asked about this on Twitter, someone had the same exact experience. I felt vindicated. Of the <laughs> mutated Joker? Yeah, because it's a very annoying boss fight. Oh. Vindication. That game is good, though. Yeah, I feel like if... I mean, we, we've had people email in, Evan, who try their backlog games and then ditch them after two hours if they're not into them. So I feel like I feel like you can say with a game especially, if you've tried it, it's out of your backlog. Mm. You've 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 crossed that hill. At least that's mm. how my, that's gonna be my personal mm. I line. like that assessment. I All feel right. like to like you guys, especially Ashley, your point of like if you just get to the very last part, but it's like you mm-hmm. basically saw all of the game. Okay. I'm not not that I love Bioshock, but let's talk about that. Oh, that's if <laughs> if you don't if you don't get to the scene in the first Bioshock, mm. but you've still played most of the game. No, but I mean, the, it's like that's in the middle half. Like that's the first half of the game. If you don't get if you play three hours of Bioshock and you're like nah, and you never feel figure out what's up with Jack, I'm saying I guess I guess because then if you went into a conversation and you were like, oh yeah, I've played Bioshock, but. I, on a meta level, that would require you not spending years not knowing that there's a twist coming, and you clearly know that a big story beat is going to happen in Kodor after this boss battle. So I think that kind of changes the context, where you're not going to come into a conversation with someone and be like, oh yeah, I've played Kodor, and they'll be like, oh, what about the thing? And you're not going to be like, what thing? The thing, gonna the be thing was say, spoiled yeah. by me for another, by another friend, so that's oh, why rude. I also never wanted to finish it. Well, I was like, Whoa. I, I think my view of that is like, the chances of you um, 
doing a 180 and deciding that you like Bioshock despite, say, say you played like three hours of it and you really didn't like it. I feel like that story or narrative twist isn't necessarily, I mean, maybe for some people, but I feel like for most it won't really win you over. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That I feel like if you don't like, say, if it's the mechanics or the aesthetic or something like that, you know, and it's not really vibing with you, I feel like despite whatever happens, it's like, you don't feel good playing the game. Mm -hmm. You're not going to appreciate the twists that come up later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to your point, Simone, I totally agree. If you get to a point and you have like formed some sort of coherent opinion, I feel mm -hmm. like then you can safely chuck it off your backlog. Yeah, definitely. I feel like things in your backlog should be things you actively want to play or keep playing. So if you don't feel Bioshock or Kodor or, you know, any open world game for me, uh, then I wouldn't say that's on your backlog because you're never ever going to go back to it probably. Hey, what's up Polygon Show? This is Aaron Weber. I run the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account and the game I am most embarrassed to have never played but that I, I own and have owned for a while is actually The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and the reason this is most embarrassing for me is because I own the entire Witcher series, but have only ever played the very first game for about 12 to 16 hours, and am foolishly trying to push myself to go through the series in order, one game at a time. Uh, but CD Projekt Red, please don't hate me. Um, I've been playing a lot of Nino Kuni 2 recently, which is really good, and have like at least seven other games in the backlog right now that I'm trying to get through as well. So, but of all the games that, that I haven't played that I'm really looking forward to, I think Witcher 3 is the one that I'm very excited to play, hopefully in the near future. Thanks. Hey, what's up, Polygon? It's Teddy Deef. I'm an indie game maker. I worked on Hyperlight Drifter. Before that, I was a designer at Disney and Microsoft, and after I was directing for Square Enix for a bit. But now I'm indie again. I'm uh, based in LA, where I co-founded an indie collective called Glitch City. But I've been in East and Southeast Asia for the last few months, talking to developers here and working on my new stuff. Anyway, the game I still haven't played is Hohokam. It was PS3, PS4, and Vita. It was made by Honey Slug and Richard Hogg. And it's like this super chill game where you control this sky snake thing. And it kind of feels like you're a kite and you're flying around in these really whimsy worlds with cute characters. And it just feels so wholesome and beautiful and relaxing. And uh, the last couple years have been kind of shitty for the whole world. So it just seems like the sort of thing we should be playing more of. It's got these really nice, relaxing vibes, kind of Loco Roco-ish, Katamari-ish. And most notably, they had a soundtrack that it was a collaboration with a record label called Ghostly, um, who represent artists in the soundtrack like Taiko, Shigeto, uh, Comtrues. And that's just not done that often. It's a really non-traditional type of soundtrack that I'm super into, and I gotta, gotta play that game. But I just haven't, and I think it's because it's just too chill. Like, there's nothing that I need to play in it. There's nothing, no secret or drama or something. Um, and it has a problem that a lot of really unique games have, which is it's not more of something I already love. Like I can't finish one game and be like, oh, you know what's exactly like this game? Ho-Hokum, I gotta go play Ho-Hokum. So it's just kind of hard to find a bridge into like, this is the week where I'm gonna really get into Ho-Hokum. Uh, also it was on my Vita and I never really got into playing my Vita. Anyway, I should play it. You should probably play it. Um, it's Teddy Deef. Bye. 
Hey, Polygon Show. This is Austin Walker from Waypoint, uh, and I'm here to admit that probably the biggest game in my pile of shame is Final Fantasy XII. Uh, it's a game that I know I would love. Uh, it has such a unique setting and so many interesting characters, and I, I know that it delves into all of the weird political BS that I am entirely here for with a billion different factions and species and races and backstabbing and high fantasy, but also kind of gritty in places. It is 100% my shit. And yet I've put all of a few hours into it from, from its uh, re-release last year. When it first came out in 2006, 2007, I guess it was 2006, it, it came out just after my PS2 broke, and I was in college at the time, and that meant that I was not uh, able to get my PS2 fixed because I was broke. And so I spent like years telling myself that one day they would re-release Final Fantasy XII and I would finally be able to go back and play it, and they did. And then they even included the thing that let you speed up combat and, and like go on super fast mode. And I still did not make the time I needed to actually go back and play the game. So that is my biggest game on my pile of shame. Uh, good luck with the project. Uh, if I can think of another worse game, I will let you know. I'm Ben Esposito, creator of Donut County. And the game I'm most embarrassed to have not played is probably Earthbound. Because if everyone else is to be believed, it would probably be my favorite game. Dear Ashley, Simone, Allegra, and Chelsea. Hiya, longtime listener, first time caller, slash emailer. I've got a backlog in practically every form of media, including books, podcasts, and TV, but my biggest backlog is definitely my gaming backlog. Most of my gaming life has been in MMOs and multiplayer games like RuneScape, WoW, Dota, and Monster Hunter. Hell, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV for a while now and have been thinking of trying out FF11 to see some old-school MMO jankiness. This leaves little time for single-player games, which have created a giant pile in the digital cloud waiting for me to play them. I also have a bad habit of wanting to try everything, so I have to tell myself to focus on only one or two games whilst I'm at it and probably stick to a single series. I'm currently playing through FF5 and the remaster of FF12, which have been sitting in my backlog for about a year now. The nice thing about JRPGs and MMOs is that I can listen to podcasts while I grind, so it's two for one. Glad I don't have a Switch, because then my backlog would be even worse. <laughs> Thanks for reading. Cheers. We Shenung. So, I guess nobody tell them about Octopath Traveler. <laughs> That's interesting. So, this I, I like this email because this is, the I think, the first MMO backlog mm-hmm. that we've talked about, which is a whole new horrifying world. Mm. Right? Like, there are so many MMOs that I remember really wanting to play, especially as a teenager, but they're all dead now, and I can't. <laughs> mm. Like, The Matrix Online. <laughs> the Matrix Online? What? Yeah, that was a thing. What the hell? And it actually tied into the movies, I think. I'm pretty sure they have oh, like a gone. transmedia it's, property. It's definitely gone. Damn it. That was a very PS2 game or something, I think. I don't know, girl. It's been so long. I think. I definitely feel you there with like an MMO essentially hampering your ability to even get to a backlog because like... Sure, I think theoretically it makes sense, right? You can pick it up whenever. The game will still be there. 
your guild or clan, they'll still be there. But yeah, it's like a force of habit. I don't know. There's like a compulsion to participate in this. That's kind of what Overwatch is to you. I was going to ask, like for you guys who have those games where you're constantly going back to them, so especially Mm -hmm. for you with Overwatch or like any other sort of multiplayer game that doesn't end, like how do you decide, okay, now I should go play Yakuza all the way through when Overwatch is always there waiting The thing is, I think it's very different for people who play, say, Overwatch and say people who are playing like World of Warcraft all the time. Yeah, because when you have games like Starcraft, like World of Warcraft, you know, you have your like alliances and your guilds and like you go on raids together and it's like a whole social aspect. And like you can sort of have that with Overwatch, you know, like if your friends are on also. But I think like the social community like mechanic of like games like World of Warcraft make it very difficult to feel like you can properly spend time away from that without feeling like you're missing out on this big raid or something Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. Um, With Overwatch, it's a little bit easier because I, you know, most of the time I play by myself and it is like a good palate cleanser, I think, in between binge times, right? So if I'm playing Yakuza for like three or four hours or five hours, (laughs) six hours (laughs) even, um, you know, sometimes it's good to just get like a game or two and like that's very this isn't the right word, but like episodic, right? You have like one match, one quick play match, one comp match, like Mm -hmm. one arcade thing. And it's like very easy to just sort of like break it up. Though I feel like with the other big online MMOs, like there is none, there is no episodic thing. It is forever. Yeah, Yeah, like it takes the parts of, of single player games that make them like, for example, Zelda, where you have like a bunch of side quests and every time you log in, you have to remember, okay, where am I in this overarching, like several 10 things that I'm Mm. doing at once. It takes that, but then also, like what you were saying with the the timeliness of events happening or friends being online or offline, your whatever your guild is up to at the time. Like I it's hard for me to imagine being really active in multiple games like that because yeah. so much of it is social, although it doesn't have to be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that's a thing where you have a group of friends that bounce between games or something like that, where it's like this is your way for to hang out mm-hmm. with those friends mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. through these games. Mm-hmm. Not if you're going back and playing FF eleven. <laughs> we could drag all your friends with you and be like, please in- install this weird hey, thing. Hey, you could probably make friends with everyone on that server because I don't there think there go. are a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, literally like, everyone. People. <laughs> <laughs> your 10 new best friends. Hey, that's a lot of friends. Yeah. I don't even think I have 10 friends. Oh. Not 10 best friends. No. I mean, now just that Jeff ju- Kaplan is our best Here, why friend. don't you read? I'm going to count. <laughs> Hello, ladies. I'm Raphael from the Philippines, and I adore your show. I heard last episode you wanted to talk about backlogs. Living in a third world nation, it is somewhat unconscionable to have amassed a large backlog of games. Thanks to Humble and Steam sales, I managed to snag lots of games lying around. 420 titles. Nice. No joke. Blaze it. Blaze it. And that's just Steam. Woo. Also contributing is that I tend to buy consoles late in their cycle, and to this day, I have PS3 titles that I haven't finished. Like Catherine, which is a deep shame. But it's not all bad. I have learned to play games well past their release date to get to view them and bleh, and get to view them like a proper student of the art form. I played hits like Bioshock 1, Dishonored 1, and Uncharted 2 years after they've become acclaimed. I then get to have conversations with friends who've beat them long ago with fresh perspe- the fresh perspective of a first-time player. 
On dry times that I don't have money to buy things, I get to power through some old adventure games or PC indie titles I got on sales way back in 2012. It's been a while. I write this mindful of how privileged I am to play games at all, when most people here never get to even own one computer. Mm. Yet, having games lets me flex brain muscles in, a w in ways I need, and it enriches both my work and my non-gaming life. Thanks for listening, and I hope you four continue to do your good, good work. With warmth, Raph. Thank Aww. you so much, Raphael. That's awesome. That was really nice. Oh, that was really nice. 420 titles, though. You're the winner of uh, the biggest backlog I think we talked about on the <laughs> yeah. show. And unless somebody, unless one of the voicemails. We'll see. Well, the issue that. is now if he completes. He... Sorry, can I start over? Yeah. The issue is if uh, they complete any of that. Now you got to sub one in because you got to keep it at an even yeah. 420 forever. Sorry. That's true. They mm -hmm. literally have to always like take one out, put one back in. Yes. How is that going to work? Can, can you delete games out of your Steam library? Like, what? totally purge them from the earth? Yeah. You yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, from your backlog, though. Yeah, from your backlog. is <laughs> the same. Yes. Go yes. into Steam server. Delete forever. <laughs> I want this game to not exist anymore. <laughs> I, you can, But you can also delete things from your library forever. Totally. Oh. I should really do that. I should do that like I did it with my Kindle. Like, something, like just thinking about that as we're talking about this, it's, it's, way, it's itching at my mind. Were you very angry when you deleted those? I was those books? pretty mad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Were you? you I hadn't even read them recently. It was I was just going in and I was trying to organize stuff, and then I was like, I, I, I don't want to look at this. Every time I look at this, I'm reminded of how mad I was when I finished it, and it was bad. I liked the first book in the series, and why are the other ones so shitty? So yes, I, I was very. I like angry. to imagine you like tapping really loudly, like really angrily, like. It was one of those things where it was late at night. And I was just like, you know what? You know what? This Fuck is it. the digital equivalent of like taking, having something else to do, but instead cleaning out your closet and throwing all that shit in a like a yes. big bag. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hate this dress. The digital equivalent of like throwing my ex's clothes out my fifth story window. Yeah, yeah. That I, I love when that scenario. happens. Yeah. I've never been able to do that. I've never either, but I've walked past a lot of like, <gasps> there were clothes on the sidewalk, which you could see. They have only been thrown out the window. There, it, it, None of it drops. Someone amazing. had a crazy breakup. I love that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. For those. I'm sorry too, but it was fun. But also, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> well, what do you think about some of those acclaimed games, though, that you can go back and play? Because I know this comes up all the time with... Again, Bioshock Infinite. Why can't we get away from beating this Go, dead horse? No, no. It's a game that is very acclaimed, but also doesn't necessarily hold up when you go back. Bioshock One does, but yeah. But I mean, like I played. Remember, I played Persona Five in December. Or Persona Four in December. Mm -hmm. A game that is pretty old. Gold, uh, Golden's still a few years old. Yeah. And that was so good and held up so well. And I think that it was like I was like very impressed that you can play something. Mm -hmm. That I don't know. Does that Vintage. felt that good? It doesn't happen mm. with everything, but I think if you stay within like one to two console generations, or just go mm -hmm. all the way back to sixteen bit. I yeah. mean, think about what I play all the time. Fair <laughs> enough. Like Dreamcast games, PlayStation Two games, like PlayStation games. Um, I think it's like the context. Like I'm not going mm -hmm. into Jet Set Radio. Thinking yeah. that or Jet Set Radio Future for the Xbox. Excuse me. Uh, thinking it's going to be like you know. God of War for PS4 or whatever. 
Um, <laughs> Jet Set Radio Future is the god of war of Dreamcast. Oh, God. Yeah, like, I, you know, I'm expecting it to just kind of be a fun little relic. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy playing older games that I've never played or, like, never finished. I think it's really fun to, like, go back and remember what, like, was the height of it's gaming. Also- so fun to ask people too about mm-hmm. these games like when I played Journey last year mm-hmm. I hadn't played all of you guys have played it, and it's just like nice to be able to just like ask questions about gameplay or the world or mm-hmm. um, that happened when I played two minutes of Dark Souls and turned it off <laughs> I asked Mike McWhorter why do they give you a broken sword and then immediately <laughs> put you in a church with a large boss. Is that supposed to happen? Did I miss something? And he said, no, you you, you didn't miss anything. And that's, then he that's... said, that's Dark Souls, baby. <laughs> and then he punched you in the face and, then he and punched ran me down in the, the street f- screaming. This was Dark Souls punched too. Me in the face, took my money, took my balloon, ate my birthday cake. Ooh, it was He's really going sad. Hard. Dark Souls, <laughs> He's doing all these things and then shouting, Dark Souls! Wait, imagine him, like, doing a grind with a skateboard, Dark Souls! Like, ten feet away. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, God. Anyway, I'm sorry. that off track. But yes, it yeah, is fun perfect. to play old games and ask people about them now because they're, I have... Like a disgusting amount of questions. I feel like every time I play a game, I'm like, what about this? Did you explain this? What about this? And I just need someone sometimes to either inform me or just be like, just they explain it later. It's okay. Yeah, that's really true. That's a good way to get around some of the things that might be kind of awkward in those games is talking about them. Yeah. Talking about them with your friends. I went too far. I tried to play for Backlog Week. I didn't end up writing anything about it, but I tried to play System Shock 2. Oh. Yo, that's uh, famous. It's very famous. It's like one of those very inspirational games, and I never played either of them. Uh, I... There is a version that is patched that you can get through Steam on Windows 10, though a few people have told me to I should have gotten the GOG version. I know that now. Uh, but the like, for some reason, the field of view is so close, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're very close to the ground, and the mm. tutorial is like 25 minutes. No. It's, it's so yeah. involved and wild, and I was just like, this doesn't feel like anything. Is like, it a the, scary game? It's a scary game. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. It was starting to get late, and I was like, it's too spooky. Oh, (laughs) like all I had was a wrench, and I was like, things are about to start popping off. (laughs) I don't. I mean, (laughs) Prey takes a lot of inspiration from this game, as do the the other shot games. So you know, like it's it's spooky in those ways, but also a like very involved. And I I was like, okay, I clearly need to do more modifications to this game file to make it more comfortable to play, and I wasn't ready for the investment. Make your character just taller. I was so short feeling. <laughs> and that carries over in Bioshock though. I've always found that so weird. The char- oh. the player character, like all the furniture is so big. What? The furniture yeah. is Everything big? Everything is big. I don't remember it that. Feels, I don't th- I, it feels like the camera's in I'm afraid to go back and check that now. Yeah. I, this is a, maybe it's just my personal I actually feeling. never thought about that to just like perspective of games based on like how tall or short you are in real life I've never considered that actually mm-hmm. like some some games like I'll walk around and I'll be kind of surprised that like if I look around in a room I can more or less this sounds weird but see everything <laughs> 
Simone doesn't have that problem because she's very no, tall. How tall are you, Ashley? I'm like 5'2". All right, and I'm 5'10". So that you're right. That is something I've never thought about before. So maybe, maybe Bioshock felt like a short character to me because I'm used to things being smaller to being your size to being my size simone size this is simone size world we're all just living in it <laughs> welcome to seeing into cabinets all right well thank you everyone who sent emails in i i really loved everything that we got and i'm so glad we got through so many of them oh yeah quick reminder we have two live shows coming up in you if you're in new york the first is play nyc on august 11th and it's in the hammerstein ballroom uh, complex. Those tickets are at play hyphen or play hyphen I think. Um, and we will be doing two segments. One's at one thirty-five, and one is at three that day on Saturday. Yay! We'll also be at FlameCon the following Saturday, and that's at what time, Simone? FlameCon panel. Oh, baby, let me open my email. <laughs> Oh, baby, let me figure that out. Open it. Oh, baby. 12.30 to 1.15 p.m. on the main stage. And FlameCon is the country's biggest queer comic con. Yes, We are is. so excited to be there. We're so excited for both of our live shows. Please come and say hi. We are very excited to do this. It's going to be a busy month in August. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, if you like the show, of course, you can rate it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know that you like it. And also, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Strike up some engaging conversations about your gaming backlogs, as we all are this week, as we do a lot of self-examination improvement. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> this has been the Polygon Show.